Ooh, what's up, Internet? My name is David Webb. <laughs> I'm Arielle Edwards. We get nerdy nightly. <laughs> and we thought we'd share it with you. Although you are not supposed to be singing. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be singing. I'm, I don't even know that I'm supposed to be talking. Mm-hmm. But yep. it is Monday, September 14th, 2020. We're back doing the Nerdy Nightly Podcast. Um, and it feels like it's, for us, like it feels like it's been a while since we've done this because... It has been. Yeah. Cause it's been... It, well, part, and part of that is... So last week, the Sash Striga interview episode went up. Mm-hmm. But the episode before that... We did the Tenants and the New Mutants, but, but which was on Thursday? No, we did it. We, it was Thursday Friday. the week before. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So, yeah. So, it's been a while. <laughs> so we haven't recorded in over two weeks. Yeah. Wild. Because the Sash podcast was recorded like eight weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like middle of yeah, summer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Welcome back. Happy to be back. I am. Yeah. Are you? <laughs> um, I'm just happy to be talking. Honestly, recovering from tonsil surgery has been a long road that I'm still mm-hmm. on. And I thought yep. it was going to go faster than this. Um, but it still hurts. And um, You're only human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to do our best. Of course. But, you know, have to put out a podcast. Oh, God, yeah. We've put out 17 so far. Have we really? Yeah. Wow. 17 episodes of 2.8. Oh, but people aren't oh. here to listen to us talk about ourselves. <laughs> or maybe they are. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't, you know, I don't know why people tune into this. Don't don't tell people what they're here for. <laughs> I, you can be here for whatever you want to be. Um, we, we do kind of have to start the show off on a rather um, somber note, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because we, we wanted to acknowledge. Um, well, first of all, we want to acknowledge the passing of Chadwick Boseman, which we haven't done on the main podcast. Um, that was uh, all in a around the nerd table uh we, we we had talked about it in our patron only mm-hmm. podcast um yeah got a bit came out two weeks ago you did get quite emotional <laughs> uh i also mm-hmm. i got less emotional um but i remember the moment i found out we were at a bar for uh, a friend's birthday party and mm-hmm. i <laughs> did not uh i was not okay for a little bit there yeah uh it hit us both um i think surprisingly hard yeah it was so just unexpected. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and like, you know, what he means and what Black Panther means mm-hmm. and, like, you know, what that movie means. I'm just, um, I'm so grateful to him and the work he's done mm-hmm. and the, you know, what he's put out into the world um and you know i think that's a beautiful legacy to leave yeah it's it's interesting he really had an outsized influence like when you think about the stars who pass that like leave a huge impact mm-hmm. it's usually people who have these like decades long careers mm-hmm. um you know when you think about like the multi-decade career that robin williams had leading up to his passing mm-hmm. and the impact um or as you know chadwick boseman's career was not super long Mm-hmm. But it is filled with these astonishing kind of landmark moments. Um, his portrayal of Jackie Robinson, um, uh, the movie Get On Up. I mean, you know, and then, of course, leading up to Black Panther, he he had this legacy of 
first playing these real life black icons and bringing them mm -hmm. to life on screen in a really dignified and like resounding way. And then to be, you know, the king of Wakanda in T'Challa and, and really just change the landscape of how I think, you know, representation was viewed. Mm -hmm. I think Black Panther was a moment where a lot of the criticisms that were levied towards um, diversity in film got silenced. Yeah. Um, just just because of how much money it was able to make and it was able to it was the movie that kind of proved that that old adage that like well if you have black people leading your films you're not going to make a billion dollars and the truth is black panther crossed a billion dollars but batman and superman were in a movie together and mm -hmm. it didn't you know what yeah, i mean for sure and so it, it it just you know black panther really changed that conversation because now you have to kind of approach it with a like well, the exceptions, Black Panther, you're like, hey, it's not the exception. No, you can't, like, yeah, now you have disproven your yeah, so-called yeah. theory that, you know, you think you know what's going to sell. And honestly, I think Black Panther is one of the best Marvel movies made hands down. Yeah, I think I think it benefits so much from Ryan Coogler's vision. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Ryan Coogler fan. Um, and Black Panther isn't even my favorite Ryan Coogler movie. <laughs> I, I still think his first movie is his best movie. Mm -hmm. um, Fruitvale Station. Uh, which is just like this it's it's hard to watch it's a really hard movie to watch um mm -hmm. but it is it's so 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 good and michael b jordan is unbelievable in it yeah. um but then he goes on to make creed which of course reinvigorates rock Van tries and and such a you know new way and and then makes black panther and changes the marvel franchise he ryan coogler has this ability to take these white franchises and you know, really change them for the better. Yeah. Um, having said that, I also think that um, Chadwick Boseman, as we have been finding out through all these reports and things coming out about him, had a huge hand in Black Panther becoming the way that it is. Yeah. Um, was a, he really pushed the, the African accents in the movie mm -hmm. um, and, and really wanted to have representation in that way, which I think is really important. Yeah. And yeah, we, you know, we, we, we've talked about this obviously on that other podcast, but um just wanted to acknowledge it here because for sure his legacy within what nerddom is i think will be forever acknowledged i, I don't yeah you know. it's definitely something special yeah um like he's um he has kind of i think set things in motion mm -hmm. and i'm really hoping i'm i i am excited to see where that goes oh you yeah know? i'm very excited to see the you know, especially because in quarantine, we've had this time to watch these movements grow mm -hmm. um, for representation. And we just saw, you know, in the last few days, the Oscars released their diversity quota rules um, mm -hmm. for the Oscar, for the, just for the best picture nominee. Yeah. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of backlash. And there, there are people who are upset about the idea of quotas um, mm -hmm. in art. But also, you know, I... You know, I, I just think that this is the direction that we have to go and we have to push the people with the money to put their money behind diversity initiatives. Yeah. Like the thing that I actually am the most excited about in the the, the Oscar guidelines is the idea of having these companies have to have like 
paid internships for people of color and for underrepresented communities. Yeah. Because I think that a lot of the time there, there's this argument made that, well, we, we couldn't find anyone who had like the necessary amount of experience. Yes. Um, in pools of color. So we had to go with, you know, same old, same old. And now we're changing that narrative and saying we're going to provide pe- people with the opportunity to break into these industries. Yeah. Because it's tough, you know, like... It's it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, it's it really is. So I, I think that that is honestly the right place to start mm-hmm. um, because it, it allows them to um, grow and work in ways that like represent them really well but also um you know in 10 20 30 years when they have more experience and are in more positions of power and making those calls i think we're going to see some really exciting stuff well i don't even think it's 10 years away you know what i mean like i I think i i think the change is and and part of the problem with the Oscars thing is that the, it doesn't really start till 2024. So honestly, mm. by the time any of this matters, it'll be 2028, 2029. But yeah. I think that like a lot of jobs are like, we just need you to have two years experience. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that like having these initiatives that get people those first two years experience mm-hmm. so that they can walk onto any set and be, you know, any set that's like, I need a key grip and people will apply and the people with experience won't just be white people. Yeah. But there will be people of every kind of denomination of people who have two years experience. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that that will change things more than the Oscar initiative that's like, okay, well, one of your leads has to be black. Yeah, no. Which is, is not a... I, I'm not poo-pooing that. Like, I'm not saying that that's a bad idea. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, providing entry-level ins mm-hmm. into a community that is so much about who you know and what experience you have mm-hmm. is going to be such a huge shift because those are the jobs that are the hardest to get and honestly like unpaid internships drastically benefit white people who yeah. have the generational wealth mm-hmm. to not work yeah <laughs> to work for no money yeah you know exactly because I mean? most people can't do that yeah. like and so changing, changing, and, and then those people who are able to afford to work for six months for unpaid get the paid position that follows up because they have exactly. that six months experience. So getting rid of that kind of barrier for entry for people who can't afford it or mm-hmm. um, have historically not been afforded those opportunities, I think is uh, is the starting point that I am the most um, interested in seeing move forward. Uh, just because I think that that is the real way to change what our entire industry looks like in like five years from now for sure it's like it's getting to the root of the problem instead of slapping a band-aid on it and like i i think that that's like i I think it's a step in a really good direction well you know like i I, it just gets rid of the gatekeeping i don't know like the rule of like well one of your leads has to be a person of color mm -hmm. is 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 a weird one to me just because like, I wouldn't say that Amazing Spider-Man 2 is a great representation of diversity. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say that it's yeah. a great support for people of color. But the lead villain is Jamie Foxx, who is, of course, an incredibly talented, like, you know, Jamie Foxx <laughs> needs no help. The, the dude is, first of all, he's a Stone Cold Fox. Like, Jamie Foxx <laughs> is so fucking attractive. Um, and on top of that, he's a massively talented actor. Massive, you know what I mean? Yeah. All He's, you know, 
He's the whole package. I don't think that putting him as the lead in your movie makes your movie like a diverse step forward for all people of color. It's, yeah. it's you're, you know, I, I, I don't want to promote the idea that like, okay, well, we're going to make movies with all these white people behind the camera and in front of the camera. And we're just going to put Jamie Foxx or yeah. Anthony Mackie or, you know, we're going to, we're going to take We're just going to get person. Morgan Freeman yeah. to do his thing. And yeah, no. I, I, I would like to see the entire thing shift. And I, I think that the Oscars have have underlaid ways for that to happen mm-hmm. that I think are better than, well, we have one lead. You know what I mean? We have one. Yeah. It, the, the the second key grip on the right was Latino. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. That's, that's just not making anything better for anyone, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Except for that one person who gets a job. But like, you know. No, but if we're looking to really change the structure of things mm-hmm. and create more diverse opportunities in the future, I... Yeah, you can't just, like you said, you can't just put one person of color as your lead and call it a day. That's that's not, that, that doesn't fix any of the problems. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, you know, to think about that right now because of the backlash surrounding Mulan. Because um, Mulan just came out on Disney+. Plus, mm-hmm. And there's been this sort of like, for a lot of reasons, and some of them are really like, there the, are political reasons why there's backlash, mm-hmm. um, particularly around the Xinjiang province of China and the Uyghur Muslim population there. And I don't think we should necessarily get into it because I don't think either of us are the most equipped to have that conversation. But yeah, I, if, I don't feel comfortable. Like, I don't feel like I know enough. Yeah, but I recommend um, diving into that with um, the New York Times. The Daily has done some really, really solid reporting on that. Um, I, I think there's other, you know, that is a complicated situation that I think that you should go mm-hmm. to a real news source for. Yeah. But there is also a backlash against the fact that it's, it. F- f- there are a group of... Um, entertainers who are of asian backgrounds mm-hmm. who feel that the movie is very asian on camera mm-hmm. but very white written yeah. and that there is this um disconnect between the creation of the art and the people who are being the who are the face of it mm-hmm. and that that disconnect has to change for there to be a true like step forward in these kind of stories being told yeah for sure and i i agree <laughs> you know yeah. like we haven't watched mulan yet um no we we were going to mm-hmm. you know we were you know we we're like oh yeah day comes out you know we'll pay whatever it is and then we'll watch it um and then that day just kind of came and went and we started seeing reviews that didn't really entice us to spend the extra money on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. And you know what? The more that I'm seeing about it, the more I don't really want to give it my money. You know? Yeah. When it comes out free on Disney+, Plus, sure, we'll watch it. We can talk about it here. Um, maybe. Maybe. Who knows what will be happening by December? Honestly, yeah. Truly, who knows? But it's just one of those, yeah, things where I'm like, mm, don't really want to give that my money. You yeah. know? And, you know, the CFO of Disney has already kind of come out and said that. Like, this, um, the CFO of Disney came out and said that the situation with this film has been giving them problem. Is It has been a problem for the studio. I, I, that's not a direct quote. I'm paraphrasing a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I think that, you know, we're, we're living in a time where these kind of moral decision-making things are going to be very important to studios 
because audiences under a certain age, that's what matters. Yeah. And, you know, we've already kind of seen that in the coffee business where, you know, millennials want to drink equitable fair trade coffee or fair trade chocolate. Yeah. Fair trade. We're, we're going to start to see these kind of demands put on our art. And I'm... Well, because people yeah. are putting their their money where they want to see things shift to, you know, like mm -hmm. things things don't stay the same forever. Mm -hmm. um things change and and hopefully they change for the better yeah. and so you know that's 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 all we can do is you know when you're just a small one in a seven billion people whatever all you can do is put your dollars where you think that they count mm -hmm. and you know i think i think that's important yeah i agree <laughs> um i did not expect uh that conversation to, to take all those turns i thought we were gonna get to this next bit much faster but um here we are the other sad <laughs> bit of news that we have to share is that uh we we've lost another dame mm -hmm. and uh diana rigg a a true titan of yeah. the last uh three of my lifetimes <laughs> which is a weird way to put it but like i like that woman has been famous for, for like three of years. my lifetimes yeah um passed Truly. away in the last week and um yeah i mean uh, obviously uh, she became probably most well known for the original avengers television show mm -hmm. not marvel's avengers uh <laughs> the spy show the avengers um as well as being one of the original bond girls yeah and uh he's probably most well known now probably for game of thrones for elena terrell yeah the what, what's her what's the what tell cersei it was me <laughs> well, no, no, no. There, there's like a title that she has, the like rose or something. Queen like of Thorns. That. Queen of Thorns. That's yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that one. I mean, it's 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 tragic. Um, but it you know it's definitely different than something like you know Chadwick Boseman who died so young and yeah. so unexpectedly you know she has she seems like she has lived a full vibrant life um oh yeah no like <laughs> no one was writing articles about her that were like gone too soon you know what I mean no yeah yeah and, and not to say not to say that she wasn't I'm just saying that like when someone like her passes away, it has sort of a feeling of like, you know what? Let's take a moment to celebrate how much this person got done in all one this, lifetime. Yeah, all the stuff that they did, yeah. all the things they achieved. And like, that's that's something special. Like, I was like, I want to go back and watch that Game of Thrones episode. <laughs> uh, totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, And so many of her moments on that show, like she, she managed to steal scenes away. Oh, yes. From everybody yeah one of the best parts of that show hands down like easily and, and you know i i love the show mm -hmm. um but there's a lot of people who couldn't stand toe-to-toe -to -toe charles dance on that show <laughs> um especially in the early seasons yeah um, he sort of once sean bean was gone yeah he stood above everyone on that show for a while yeah until she appeared mm -hmm. and 
was the first person to really be able to like go toe to toe with him in scenes mm-hmm. and win. Yeah. Um, which is weird to talk about scenes as like winning and losing, but sometimes especially in the kinds of qualities of scenes that Game of Thrones has, there, oh, there really is that. The power dynamic is huge for sure. And she because I because I, I she was introduced in season three, I think. That sounds about right. I I, I want to say that's right. It might she might have been introduced in season two, but um, I just remember like I don't think so. She was like a dynamic shift because uh, partially because she wasn't a Stark or a Lannister, and so by virtue of being outside of that, it was a perspective shift for the series. Because mm-hmm. um, the first season is very very starkly about one conflict. Yeah. Um, and. You know, Elena Terrell really brings in the idea that there are other conflicts mm-hmm. um, and that there and are other... other power players. Yeah. And she really just held her power in that show all the way up into the scene where she dies, which is. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. An incredible, incredible scene. Yeah. Um, and an incredible life. I mean, you know, I, I watched the original Avengers television show with my dad when I was a kid. Uh, my dad's a big spy junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen every Bond movie many times. I've seen her in those, in you know, her roles in that. And I just, um, it's, it's wild to me to think of a person like her who I have vivid memories of what she looks like mm-hmm. at so many ages. Yeah. In a way that, like, I don't even think of my own parents as looking different than when I was a kid. Like, I don't remember. (laughs) Because I watched them age gradually, Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Like, certain standstill points in time. Yeah. Whereas I remember what she looks like in this. And then I remember what she looks like. And so, like, to, Mm -hmm. like, really think about it. Like, there's this, like, human life that I've consumed as entertainment. Mm -hmm. That sounds weird to say it that way. But it's the Truman Show. <laughs> well, yeah. But no. With, but so much of her life was lived before I was alive. Yeah, for and sure. So she managed to touch me with art that she made before I even existed, and that I I feel like I should be <laughs> higher than I am to have that conversation. <laughs> um. But yeah, just just a really really like incredible incredible life, and mm-hmm. um, truly a powerhouse. Yeah, tragic loss. Um, but, um, you know, uh, as Kevin Smith says, like a big old bucket of win right there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, last thing we should talk about before we go to break here. And, uh, after the break, we're going to talk about the boys because Ariel finally saw it (laughs) and we're caught up. We're about halfway through season two now. So we're going to be talking about our thoughts on that. But before we go, um, we should acknowledge that Wonder Woman has moved its date Mm -hmm. and will now be coming out on December 25th, 2020. Yeah. Christmas. Christmas. That's a that's an interesting choice. Why? I don't I don't know. Like Do you think Christmas is going to be canceled this year? No, no, no. It's not that Christmas is going to be canceled, but like do people go out to movies on Christmas? Yeah, there's always a huge release on Christmas. And I just wonder if that's going to be affected in like COVID times. Did Lay Miz come out on Christmas? Um, I don't remember. I think so, maybe. Hmm. There's always, there's always a huge, this isn't empirical evidence, but <laughs> I do know that a lot of my Jewish friends in New York, they're like Christmas tradition with their family because, um, all the Christians are not out. Yeah. They, they, 
go see movies. Like, they go huh. to the movies on Christmas, and that's, like, they're, like, hey, it's it's not going to be busy. There's always a huge movie that comes out. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, I used to, I, I worked at a movie theater um, in, in West Hills here, mm-hmm. uh, and I worked Christmas night. Wow. Uh, two years in a row. My, my mom was pissed. But I was like, mom, like, once we open the presents and once we have Christmas dinner, like, we all just sit around and moan because we're also like laden with eggnog. Like we're all just <laughs> miserable. <laughs> well, because you know Christmas Eve between Christmas, the night of Christmas Eve and Christmas morning, mm-hmm. like you eat and drink so much that like by Christmas day night. Oh God, you're just a, you're miserable. Like, so I was like, I'm gonna like a, but I don't know. I'm the only manager who, who's willing to work. They're yeah. gonna pay me like four times my salary. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, he, here's what's fun about this. So the original release date. Do you know what the original release date for One Woman 1984 was? Wasn't it like November 2019 or something? That was the second release date. Oh jeez. The first release date was December 13th, 2019, and then it moved forward oh. to November 1st, 2019, and then it pushed back to June 5th, 2020, and so it pushed back to June 5th, 2020. Before COVID and everything. Like. Yeah. It, I think that was after Justice League came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously COVID hits. Everything pushes back. Yeah. Um, starting with Mulan, obviously. Uh, and then mm-hmm. everything else. Suddenly it's August 14th, 2020, which was two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Three then it was ago. supposed to be October 2nd, 2020. And now it's December 25th, 2020. Do you think it's going to open on December 25th? You know what? Yeah. Really? I think so. I think they wouldn't have chosen Christmas if it wasn't like a bold, like strategized move. Like unless, unless we get some crazy COVID numbers, like unless things kind of get out of control and things are looking bad, I think it'll come out. See, that's what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking that that date will hold unless we get that second wave that everyone keeps talking about. Yeah. And everything shuts down again. Yeah. Hopefully this time we're better prepared for it and it doesn't yeah, hit us like, you know, because it was, I think it was more so a surprise the first time because it didn't feel like we were like adequately prepared and we didn't really understand the virus well enough to know what to do. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this time around we won't have to shut everything down. You know, we'll be able to contact trace and if things shut down, it'll be like sm- more like small communities it would be my hope i I don't know if that's possible i don't know though because like when you look at the universities that opened three weeks ago and had a thousand cases in two days (laughs) yeah but that's so many people like in those buildings sharing like when you're in a classroom for hours at a time of course Uh, like a literally of course like a school is the perfect place so then how are but like how are movie theaters what's going to be different between october and december for that movie to come out is my is what i'm thinking because, like, the vaccine's not going to be out. Like, this no. I, th- this whole thing that came out that, like, tr- the Trump administration wants states to be ready to, for a vaccine November 1st. The, the vaccine... How? The vaccine would have to be... F- the, here's the thing. For us to hit November 1st, mm-hmm. the vaccine would have had to have started production six months ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, the... the it's and not it hasn't happen. even been in trials that long. Like, it's... It, well, I mean, they... they yeah. Six tr- months ago? I- to, so well no i just mean like for, for there to be enough for everyone because oh, like once yeah. the vaccine is done it's gonna take months yeah. for everyone to get it yeah. it's not like we're all gonna go rush 
a city MD day Jeez. one and everyone get it. You know what I mean? Like it, mm-hmm. it, it takes that's a very New York reference. Um, I don't know if city MDs exist outside of New York City, but no. <laughs> um, or like the Northeast United States. But, you know, it's going to take months of rollout. You know, when we watch that movie Contagion, do you remember when we, yeah. two weeks into a pandemic, were like, let's, let's watch, watch Contagion. Contagion. Literally, we were That'll in quarantine. It was like a week into quarantine, and we thought that that would be a good idea. But in that movie, like, there's like the raffle. Yeah, for getting the vaccine. God, getting up Canadians a vaccine is going to be hard, but at least we have a system. Like, we have a healthcare system where, mm-hmm. like, it's possible. Totally. We also have a tenth of the population of the United States. Yeah. So, I don't know. I yeah. yeah. November, November. No, it's not gonna happen. There's no, there's no way. Yeah. It's even if the vaccine is done by November first, which would be a miracle and incredible and like a little suspicious because that's a little bit fast. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's done, there's no way that it's in people's arms November first. No, you, know you what I can't mean? distribute it like yeah. that. Like it's, it just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. And um, we're also going to be in the middle of trying to have an election. So, like, the idea that we would have two massive government works projects happening at once is, 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 is impossible. Yeah. So, there to me, there is no discernible difference between October 2nd and December 25th is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. As far as where we're at with the virus, those two and a half months difference, it, there, there isn't, like, a thing that's going to happen between those two dates that's going to make this virus disappear. Well, here, here's my thing, though. Um, maybe it won't come out in the States, but we've had movies come out here in Canada. Yeah, but Tenet... Okay, but here's the thing, and this is the real talk. <laughs> Warner Brothers is not releasing Tenet numbers. They're not releasing daily Tenet numbers. They're releasing weekly Tenet numbers because mm. they do not want to admit that that movie is going to lose so much money like they are they are losing capital right now on that yeah because you know the the good news was that it hit 200 million dollars worldwide this weekend right Mm -hmm. after three weeks of or no a month of release in canada and no three weeks of release in canada two weeks release in the states uh and two three weeks around the world right yeah it hit 200 million dollars the movie needs to hit like $550 million worldwide to maybe break even. Yeah. Uh, And that's that's if it had come out its first release date. Like who knows how much pushing these release dates back and having to remarket the film has cost. Yep. So we're looking at a situation where like, yeah, hooray, it made $200 million. But in a pre-COVID time, Tenet would have crushed $200 million worldwide opening weekend. Yeah. Realistically, yeah. it would have. And so if you're if you're the people who funded Wonder Woman 84, which probably cost a similar amount to Tenet, and you're seeing that like this movie that has maybe not generated amazing reviews, but has decent reviews mm. and has, you know, a lot of people clamoring to see it and, you know, people in places like California and New York not being able to see it, which is a huge reason why it's not making as much money as you, you, you would expect. Yep you know barring you know yeah oh, yeah for all sure. the social systems everything you're looking at a situation where if you're warner brothers and you're looking at what tenants making why would you put out wonder woman yeah my only thing is what's going to be different in december yeah i don't know that's fair 
I and 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 that's my only question. Like that, we keep pushing ever. We we just keep pushing movies back by two months. Yeah. And it's like, either come out like Tenet did, mm-hmm. or SpongeBob, or Bill and Ted, or Mulan. Like either come out or don't push back. But you're just creating problems for yourself down the road. And I think that this is why Disney put out Mulan in it's September. On Plus, yeah. Was because they were like, well, if we put it out what what future movie that we've already shot and are putting cgi on right now are we gonna have to push back to two months down the road then because we put in yeah i don't know i mean here's the thing i think like going with christmas and being like christmas day movie is kind of like a bold like you know it's like a statement and so i think they're going to do everything in their power possible to get it at that day but Mm -hmm. you're right it may not it really may not which is yeah. I just think the interesting thing is that, like, these movie theaters have all reopened because they thought new movies would be coming out. And yeah. Tenet did come out. Yeah. And New Mutants came out. And there isn't another big movie coming out. Yeah. Till October now. Like, they've all pushed and pushed and pushed. And now I'm like, if I was one of these movie chains, I'd be nervous about what late September or the October looks like. Because not only are you socially distancing your seats... Mm-hmm. But there's also not a draw. Like, there's not, like, a a tent pole that's going to come in and be the six of your ten screens for the right. weekend. You know what I mean? Um, I don't just put the Deathly Hallows Part 2 back in theaters. <laughs> yeah, but, the, you know, when they do that, they charge $5 a seat, not 17 Yep. No, I, I get that. You know, when we went and saw Empire Strikes Back, we paid $10 for two tickets. When yeah. we saw New Mutants, we paid 30 <laughs> yeah granted i would say we got 30 dollars of entertainment out of empire strikes back and mm. 10 out of new mutants but yeah um, yeah <laughs> you can go listen to our other podcasts for our <laughs> thoughts on new mutants um has this podcast been too much doom and gloom yeah i think it's time for our ad break <laughs> we're gonna talk about the boys after the ad break which um is more doom and gloom but that's it's fine. more doom and gloom but it's like fun doom and gloom y- y- yeah yeah <laughs> we'll be back in a minute and we're back. Clarice is checking her phone. It like vibrated and I was like trying to see why. I didn't find out. You didn't find out? It might have been Pinterest. I don't know why Pinterest is notifying me. I don't know what possible. Probably because we're getting married. It knows. Pinterest <laughs> is like, it's a wedding. <laughs> My time has come. Yeah. It's like, hey, hello. Hello. I'm here. Hello. Hello. Hello, do you want to make a board? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I Jesus. do love um, the person that we asked to officiate for us. Um, I, I When I was talking with her, she was like, oh my God, I'm so excited for your wedding. Um, when I saw that you got engaged, I started to make a Pinterest board for you. <laughs> like, even before she knew that she was going to be a part of it, she was like, I've already started a Pinterest board. And yeah. I was like, what? You're like, okay, all okay. right. And she like eloped too. So it's like, <laughs> just yeah, out of she all the didn't people. have a wedding, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was sweet, though. <laughs> yeah, I have a fun... Ooh, I, I can't say that on mic. I'll tell you after. Um, Great. Because <laughs> uh, you, you... Ariel had her bridal shower today, so we had some <laughs> we had some wedding fun. Um, but we're here to talk about The Boys. Mm. Television show that you worked on. Yeah, I did some extra work. On season one. Season one, yeah, for two different... Um, two, uh, two different times um so but so you had never seen season one though no so what was the experience like when we watched season one 
and there's your face i don't know it was super weird because i kept having people like message me being like were you on the boys i was like uh i mean yeah i did like extra work like Mm -hmm. it was literally in the background like oh my god it just saw you and i was like what and then when we watched it i like you can clearly see me but i'm definitely not like i just i would never have expected anyone to notice me oh there's (laughs) an episode of jessica jones that i worked on um Mm -hmm. and it's like a shot in union square park Mm -hmm. and the camera literally like pans across the park mm-hmm. and then Jessica Jones like walks by me, right? Yeah. Um, And I'm on screen for a second. Yeah. I got like 50, the, the day that dropped, I got like 15 Facebook messages. <laughs> and I'm like. I'm mad. I didn't notice. But I, but like I'm sitting there getting these messages and they're sending me screenshots, like the photo and the photo like they're blurry, sending me is blurry. Dark, and I'm like, yeah. You, the other people watch these shows differently than I do. Yeah. Because in, the only time I notice extras is when they're not doing their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so people who are able to be like, hey, that's David. And I'm like, how did you, how? Yeah, I just, yeah, so it was so weird watching it. And I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's me. Cool. Like, <laughs> you know, like. And you have a fun story from that day, but I think we should save that fun story for our patron-only podcast. Yeah. Which yeah. we're going to record right after this one. <laughs> It's a little tease for, for you, Dagon. Yeah, yeah, that one's um, just for you. <laughs> uh, but let's let's get into the show. We wa- You watched all of season one for the first time. Yeah. Um, and you were into it pretty quick. Yeah, I loved it. Honestly, I, like, just wanted to, like, binge it all. Um, I never know what you're going to like. Really? Yeah, you have, like, because you have very strong opinions about things. Yeah. Um, and this was one that I was not sure that you were going to be super into hmm why um, uh just just things that you haven't liked that we've watched together in the past yeah um i told you i liked preacher though it's by the same yeah that's true um, i'm just that's the I'm same production just and, curious no i just i i was i was i thought that this was going to be a show that would have to grow on you faster than it did hmm. i think i when i watched the first season because I, I read the comic Right. So when I watched the first season, I was already kind of sold on the idea just yeah. because um, obviously there's very many differences. Um, like yeah. The Deep is a very different character in the comic book. Oh, really? <laughs> um, well, yeah, he has a full old timey submarine helmet on. Jesus. Like one of those big ones with a big like mm, porthole. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can only see half of his face and stuff. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Does it have water in it because he can't breathe air or something no, like no, that? No, no, oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's it's more aesthetic and and like the original, the seven aren't the like villains right away. They the like boys go after like um like this, the the other teams that you hear about on the show that you haven't seen like teenage kicks and like the smaller superhero teams. The mm-hmm. boys kind of go after them first. Oh, okay. Um, because the comic builds up to the seven. Um, right well that makes sense in a way that like the show by virtue of not being 70 issues yeah oh yeah they you know and i i totally understand you know putting your stakes high from the get-go to get people in because that's that's like they they hooked me for sure um and i um yeah it was one of those shows where i was like oh i just want to keep watching this because i was so behind um, the idea behind the concept, uh, behind the actors in the show, um, mm-hmm. behind the style, like it was what it was and it took no prisoners, you know what I mean? 
Like, yeah, what what a year Jack Quaid is having, right? Yeah. Because The Boys is, like, arguably the biggest show on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I think it is. And Lower Decks is <laughs> this new Star Trek animated show. They're, they're both coming out at the same time. Yeah. Like, he has to promote two shows each week. Tragic. Tragic. <laughs> that poor, poor I know. white boy with a So hard. <laughs> like... <laughs> so unfortunate um, um i i think that the virtue of what they did with the show though by not having there be so many soups that you meet right away um by just focusing on the seven is that the seven get to be really really fleshed out characters yeah and as villains are fascinating truly um and i mean you know we both keep talking about um what what what's the actor's name who plays homelander but we keep talking about how like he is oh i his performance is unbelievable incredible like truly i get such like like evil twin of chris pine vibes from him like sometimes they even sound the same anthony Starr. and yeah, yeah he's yeah. he is something else like truly super like <laughs> i just i i think that as good as carl urban is mm-hmm. as the yin to his yang the 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 further the show is going the more homelander has become what i'm really there for um he has he has this a vibe very similar to what really drew me to um brian cranston in breaking bad Mm. where i i just i want to watch him unravel that's the thing is homelander always feels like he's a few moments away from snapping Mm -hmm. just like losing it and like i cannot wait to see that fully because Mm -hmm. you know he's like he's um he's lost it with certain people like in small moments he's here murdered there. so many people yeah but for him that's small but like i can't for him that's small. it is it he let up i mean i don't know spoilers it's been out for like a year oh for season one yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you know he lets a full like plane of people just like crash to their deaths without like a second thought well you and know? i appreciate i appreciate that when that happens it's 100 percent his fault Oh yeah, he, he fucked lasers up. the cockpit, the the console board, whatever. But then when Queen Maeve is like, "Well, can't you like fly the plane up from underneath?" and he's just like, "That's not how physics works." Yeah, because you know there there's Called always out. there's that sh- you know there's that every S- Superman and every one of his si- siblings um, and nieces and you know Supergirl, and all, everyone, <laughs> they all have a point where they've saved a plane by like flying it from underneath. Yeah. And he's like, if I were to do that, I would just go through the plane. Like, the yeah. plane isn't built f- for that kind of force to be put on it. Yeah. And it's it's just funny because it's, you know, it's this character who <laughs> is such a sociopath that there's hundreds of human lives at stake. Mm-hmm. And he's literally just being like, come on, be practical here. Yeah, like, he just, he gives no fucks. And it's, yeah, I just, I can't wait for that moment. Where he's like in public in the middle of the city and snaps and just like I I can't. I'm nervous. I mean, yeah, but it's it's fiction. It's fine. It's fine. I, I know, I know, but like <laughs> But no, he's just one of those characters where I'm always kind of on the edge of my seat watching because mm-hmm. I don't always know what he's gonna do next. He's not predictable. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Like, I mean, you know, I I can kind of see when he's like gonna lose it yeah. on someone, but like he's he's not he's not relatable. 
at all. You know what I mean? Like, I just, he's I, not I like, you're like human. He, he's not predictable. And I'm like, yeah, because this is this is light spoilery. But it, some of his interactions with breast milk, with human oh, breast God. milk on the in the series are wild. Yeah. The, mm, very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, I mean, he's clearly a traumatized person. Like, oh, 100%. And, but that's, that's what's so cool about about the show is that everyone is complicated like very complicated Mm -hmm. um everyone everyone in the show like they they don't i've never really felt like they've like skipped over anybody you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. um everyone has their you know their flaws and their strengths um and that's for me what that that's what hooked me um Mm-hmm. Because I just wanted to know these people more and what the fuck was going to happen. Like, I'm like, how the fuck do they take out superheroes? You know? Yeah. And I think, you know, I think one of the things that the show's done really well is that at the outset, it feels like it's like, oh, we're parodying the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Aquaman. We've got The Flash. We've got Superman. We've got Wonder Woman. Yeah. And the further into the show you get, you're like, you're not, it's not really a parody of superheroes. Mm-hmm. It's a satire about american corporations yeah well and especially in this second season there's been some imagery that is like very poignant yes (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that that one thing on the side of the barn yeah and it's you know it's political in a way Mm, i don't know that's very brutally honest just like putting up a mirror you know Mm -hmm. what i mean it's not it's not like it doesn't feel opinionated it feels like it's literally like just putting a mirror in front of your face and being like this <laughs> well and it's 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 political in a way that it is saying that it, it it's very political in a way that i feel like it isn't on anyone's side in real life no it yeah it is very much that everyone in real life is a piece of shit a little bit yeah um and no like they are brutally honest yeah and it's it's really impressive it. what they've managed to do. Because mm-hmm. adapting Garth Ennis' work is hard. <laughs> he is a nihilistic, dark human. Yeah. Who writes really, really, really messed up shit. And mm-hmm. honestly, the show is not nearly as messed up as the comic book. It just Which isn't. Is like, now I'm like, I have to The comic book like... is so bleak. Um... And so the the fact that the show has managed to um, adapt that work mm-hmm. into a into a show that is that when I first heard that they were doing the boys, honestly, I was like, I don't want to watch that. Mm-hmm. Like when I thought about the comic book, because it's art, it was enough of a distance from what was happening on the page to real life yeah. that I was able to see how horrific some of those things are. Yeah. Um. And, like, there, there's some graphic sexual stuff in the comic book that I would not want to watch live action. Yeah, for uh, sure. That I just wouldn't want to see the image of that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, even what's on the boys is like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it's nothing. It's mm-hmm. And that's what's so crazy is that watching the show, I'm like, this is so tame compared to what is written. Yeah. Like, truly tame. Mm-hmm. Um, And so the fact that they managed to clearly get garth Ennis's approval because he's a huge fan of the show yeah uh apparently i maybe that's not true but publicly he is yeah although you know 
who knows <laughs> this, yeah um james cameron is also apparently a fan of uh the terminator salvation movie so like <laughs> who knows who we can trust anymore um <laughs> sorry to call you out like that uh it's, god it's amazing what money can do um but you know to to adapt this show in a way that i i feel like has given female characters more dignity than they have in the comic book Mm. um uh that and and tell a story in a way that is palatable while still maintaining the kind of dark nihilistic worldview that the show has is really impressive and the show is funny enough in the right moments um to kind of cleanse the palette from the darker shit that has just happened Mm -hmm. and has you know really rounded out its world with three-dimensional characters in a way that um is constantly surprising to me i really like you know after after the end of season one i really figured that we would kind of not hear from the deep again for a while yeah same actually and the way that they've handled him and the people who are using him in season two has been really fascinating to me Mm-hmm. Um, because they're managing to keep him within the construct of the show without, because I, and I feel like a lot of shows do this where like, they'll have a character like him have a rough season after, you know, the stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he sexually assaults a woman at the beginning of season one, mm-hmm. um, which I, you know, is it's not really spoiler. Yeah. That's like right at the very beginning. Um, and it, it's the beginning of his character arc. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, the show isn't, the show has in no way let him off the hook for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I appreciate that, I appreciate the way that they're handling his character in season two. Mm -hmm. um, And the story they're trying to tell with that. Um, And I I, I just think that little things like that with its periphery characters Mm -hmm. is kind of what sets the show apart. Yeah, to me. Like, that's what I that's what I meant about like everyone everyone has their complexities and it kind of feels like no one gets left behind. Like they yeah. they they really go in depth with all, all the people. Like mm-hmm. no nobody feels like a stereotype. You know what I mean? Like in that kind of sense where they're just a like cardboard cutout and there's nothing behind them. You know, except for the characters that are supposed to yes but even then like um the the um um the blind superhero from earlier in season two yeah which they put out as like a clip to promote the season but Mm -hmm. that character is very much a stereotype yeah that they are that they use to make a point for sure for Mm -hmm. sure um the daredevil you know they're they're you know yeah so having read the comic books I know it's different, but do you think that the show has done them justice? Um, it's it, it's not the same thing. Like it's it's so much not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's you know what that's fair. And, and and I I don't think they're they're even like <laughs> there's sometimes when you talk about adaptation and you're like God like Lord of the Rings the movies is like as good of an adaptation of the books is i think we'll ever get you know what i mean for sure i don't really even think that this movie or that this show is an adaptation of the comic book it's It's, more like inspired by yeah okay that's Um, yeah 
like the 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 everyone's different. Mm-hmm. Um, the relationships between characters are all different. Mm-hmm. Huey's supposed to be Scottish. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, it's 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 just not. Yeah. Okay. It's so it is so the the plot is completely different. Really? Like every, every everything is so. It's so it's more that they kind of took the names of characters and the general core idea of it. Sort of, but even that, like in the comic book, the boys work for the CIA. Oh, like they legitimately. So, like uh, you know, in so season he one, gets recruited recruited to the CIA. No, he gets recruited to the boys, which mm-hmm. is a division under Billy Butcher that works for the CIA. But they like there's mm. there. There's a much more legitimate, it, really early on, there's this whole thing where they go to Russia um, and there's like Russian superheroes. Like the world oh. of the comic book is so different that it, it's it's hard to compare the two things. Okay. Because the, the television show is very much about America. Yeah. Um, and American politics, American corporate lives, American... Um, greed and consumerism and capitalism yeah the comic book is very much a more international billy butcher is british huey's scottish mother's milk is um american and frenchy's french you know what i mean like there's like the team is more international yeah um and the 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 threat like there's so many soups like there's so 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 many superheroes in the comic books right um in a way that they've kind of hinted at on the show but not really you definitely so like so that is it more are superpowers less common in the show than they are in the comic books yeah. Okay. Well, just because, like, you know, like, they've mentioned Tech Knight, but, like, you meet Tech Knight, you meet, like, all of these, all the superheroes that have been, like, one-off mentions in the show are brought up, are, like, characters, characters. that if you've read the comic books, you're like, oh, oh I, I watched mm-hmm. that guy die. <laughs> like, right, right. I know in, in the comic books, Billy Butcher smashes it. There's also a lot, the the boys kill a lot more soups in the comics. Mm-hmm. Like, the show by virtue of not introducing a lot of superheroes the the and and by having the boys be so much more on the run on the show mm-hmm. which is smart because in the comic book like they were coming out with an issue every month for i don't even know there's a lot of comics yeah um like there's omnibuses there's mm-hmm. i have the first three omnibuses i think um so like there's a lot of comics mm-hmm. um and those storylines they're not as on the run in them whereas in the show i feel like it has good pace because there's like a desperation in everything yeah that you don't need to have in a comic book as much yeah um in the comics it's very much a group the the boys are watching the soups and their their job their literal job that they're getting paid a salary from the government to do is to catch the soups when they overstep whereas in this show they are (laughs) we're after the soups and it's a that is the difference at the very core of what these two things are that makes them hard to compare so then for the comic books is the like the is the core foundation and idea like the whole compound v and taking down 
Uh, no, no, no. That's not the main thrust of the story. Okay. Um, it, just because it can't, like, like it's it just doesn't function the same way. Vox, um, that's it. Is yeah, Vox. Um, <laughs> and, and like that stuff's all part of it, but that's not the like center okay, of that cool. story. Um, until later, uh, obviously, like you know, this the story gets more focused in the comics yeah. as it goes. Um, but uh, it's more. Yeah, it's it, honestly the show really is supported by how focused it decides to be on who it decides to focus on. Mm-hmm. And I think that the show would really be hurt by trying to be like the comic. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the comic is adaptable. Yeah. I just don't. I think that it is a, it is a brilliant dark and like and and adult and gory and inappropriate and 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 maybe doesn't you know there's certainly things about it that are trigger warning kind of content things for sure um because there's nothing that crosses the line as far as that that in that world yeah um there's nothing that they're not willing to show yeah um but i i think that by virtue of deciding to focus on a smaller group of characters and a more heightened uh, dangerous story i think the show has uh really set itself on a path that i didn't expect when i first heard about a show in this world i yeah. really didn't think that this was possible and i think that what they've created is actually first of all really good but mm-hmm. also like doesn't look like television yeah yeah they put a lot into this it's clearly very well thought out well budgeted like they like they know how to use every dollar it seems mm-hmm. like and really get the best quality production possible cuz some of the stuff looks incredible. Oh yeah. Um Homelander's costume is amazing. Yeah. It's like, so good. The the costumes, the effects, mm-hmm. like how everything's shot, like it's just very um it's it's impressive. Yeah. For sure. Um yeah, I kind of like I'm kind of curious now to like read the comics. I'm not a big like comic book person, but I just I don't know. It kind of makes me curious to see how, I how it's wait. different. It's for like the first time you're like, David, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with Garth Ennis? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. I don't know. And I'm gonna respond, nothing. He's a beacon. He's of an light. artiste. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There's part of me that feels like I should be concerned that I enjoy his work so much because it is as dark as it is. Um, but there's something about enjoying that like um, nihilism from safety. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's also he, I I there there I have a thing for um, like British and Scottish nihilism like when I'm, i feel like americans don't know how to write nihilism yeah um but when when it's you know when it's that real dark shit from those uh uk authors i it just there's a there's a dark humor that they employ yeah that i feel like you don't get from anywhere else culturally yep for and sure. it seems unique to that island yeah <laughs> and um whatever it is just is my you know, and, and not that Neil Gaiman is not nearly as um, bleak or as certainly not as sexually <laughs> um, grotesque as uh, Garth Ennis is, but I feel like they both trigger the same kind of um, place for me with their writing. Yeah, I, I get um, that. And um, 
yeah, I just, I, I love Garth Ennis's work. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a huge, huge, huge fan. And I was a huge fan of the boys before the show. And I'm a huge fan of the show. I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's Me too. very good. Me too. I'm really stoked for the rest of season two. Yeah, we're halfway through season two, which is, it feels like we're, it's so, it's moving so fast. Yeah, it really does. But I, yeah, I cannot wait for the next episode. It kind of, it's got, it's, it's one of those ones that kind of has got me on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm excited for. Just, we're, we're running up on time here, but just before we end, mm-hmm. there has been a backlash against the show. Yeah. Not, not for any of the things you'd expect. No, but for, but for the weekly release. release. Yeah. I, I want to vouch for it. Here's the thing. I have, since we've been in quarantine, missed looking forward to things. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Looking forward to the boys, because you came downstairs on Friday, and I was like, are, are you, because you, you had been doing something, and I was like, are you done? Like, are you here? Are you, do you have some time right now? And you're like, yeah, I'm done. Like, we're just going to lie on the couch. I was like, okay, good immediately throw on the boys because i was like i've been looking forward to this all week yeah for um, sure and so i the backlash is so weird to me because i get that you want to binge it but like <laughs> just enjoy looking forward to it i know like i'm sorry that you can't have everything you want immediately like you know what i mean like yeah. i i don't really have any sympathy for that like patience is a virtue and all that bullshit but like i have no, i have no sympathy for like the the of of the of the things that you could be upset about have a problem with right now yeah of the problems you could be facing in your personal life at the moment the fact that you can't the fact that you're like, going to watch the boys over the course of six weeks instead of one is not a problem it's really not like i i yeah i truly <laughs> have no sympathy just wait a week for it to come out like we've all been doing for most of our lives like and netflix is new if you, like if you if you have already paid for the amazon prime mm-hmm you have a billion options yeah. you literally could stream just amazon prime content for every minute of the time between those episodes yeah. and not and honestly not scratch the surface not scratch not even go into things that aren't good yeah you could watch only good content yeah watch the marvelous mrs Maisel. if you've not seen the marvelous mrs Maisel, go watch it <laughs> just 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 go watch it yeah it's it's amazing I also, it's interesting to, to, to think that the people who are upset about this are the people that have the time to go write shitty reviews and like just, you know what I mean? Like that's how they're choosing to spend the time in between episodes. This show is so good that I need to watch it, but you're not going to let me watch it. Therefore, I'm going to write on your website that the show is not good. No, it's not. It's not that you're not going to. It's not that you're not letting me watch it. It's that you're not giving it to me immediately right now. (laughs) I only got three episodes. Like, yeah, like (laughs) I can't. I know. And and like Mandalorian is going to be the same weekly thing. Fine. Yeah. But no, but here's the thing. I'm happy about that. Yeah. I'm happy that like. I'll have things to look forward to. Well, like, I I remember, like, I don't remember what day of the week. It was maybe, like, Tuesdays. But I would remember coming home from Young Canadians on Tuesdays and Glee would be recorded because that was the week it came out. And yeah. that was exciting. You know what I mean? Well, and I remember like, every Sunday night watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, yeah, my... 100%. I, I turned down jobs. <laughs> Because they rehearsed on Sunday nights. And I was like, oh, no, you you don't understand. At 9 p.m. on Sunday night, I'm on my couch with my Ben and Jerry's 
<laughs> and my dragons. Watching the Red Wedding. <laughs> like, yeah. That's funny. I did not know that. Um, I don't know. I just think that, like, like this attitude of entitlement is too much for me to handle like honestly oh a thousand percent um yeah i i i'm like i'm all i'm all for it weekly release go for it i feel like the people who are complaining about it are the same people who maybe aren't getting the political satire of the boys who maybe Mm. don't realize that american capitalism is the thing it's trying to say is bad yeah (laughs) i would not be surprised um uh. <laughs> well on that note i i do th- i you know you know what i have one last thing to say on that note um i do think it's kind of amazing that amazon is the company that made this show mm, like the 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 pinnacle of american capitalism mm-hmm. yep yeah it's um <laughs> it's, <laughs> definitely worth noting there's times i'm watching it where i'm like does Amazon know that this is on Amazon? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a whole other conversation, I think, because there's a lot to unpack there. Do you think Do you think Jeff Bezos watches The Boys and is like, God, that Homelander is so relatable? Oh, my God. I hope not. No, no, no. I no, really no. hope you know not. What? No, because here's the thing. He's not Homelander. He's... um. Giancarlo Esposito's character, Mr. Edgar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff Bezos is watching that guy and he's like, yeah, you know what? I get that. Mr. Edgar is the is the real hero here. He's keeping oh this god. company together. Oh my god. I'm never going to work on an Amazon show for saying that. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Bezos himself is going to listen to this. Watch me get an extra job. Now that I'll be living in Toronto, watch me get an extra job on the boys and like I get oh. like escorted away by Amazon security. We're going to we're going to get on the boys. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Guys, watch watch out for us on the boys. Season 3, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jeff Bezos did not create evil superheroes with Compound V. That's true. He didn't dose infants with a weird chemical compound. So. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I, I, I am, I am kidding. I just do think it's funny whenever like satires of corporate America are made are by, by corporate, corporate America. America. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. think it's it's one of those things that's like artists need corporations to fund their art, but then generally their art is not pro corporation. Yeah, and yep. it just it 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 is always striking to me that there's this like disconnect mm-hmm. between those two ideas. Yeah um but hey the boys is making money so <laughs> yeah so even as it's a satire of corporation it is also a be- beneficiary of the exact same thing yeah what a complicated do you remember in what that last season of the good place when they were like it's just too complicated to be human yeah literally <laughs> i, I feel like, that it is too complicated it is it is Oh, well, so do you feel like this podcast was a little bit of a downer? Do we keep making downer podcasts? Are no. we the depressing nerd news podcast? This wasn't This wasn't depressing. There was some like sad like news in it, but no. I mean, I didn't cry, so that's good. Hey, that's a step up from two weeks ago, so. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I, 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 think, I think there was some good stuff in there. All right. Well, I mean, I'm not going to edit any of it out, so... <laughs> So this is it. You get what you get. The Calgary Stampede. Um, that is an inside joke just for Ariel and any other young Canadians that who may listen to, to this. Yeah. Um, oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's as good a place to end it as any. Yeah. Um, 
things to look forward to on the nerdy nightly this week mm. bakes video yeah we're uh so david had this idea that we would make our own wedding cake this was not my idea yes it was you were I'm like we're gonna sure make our own idea. no you're like you're gonna was make our own idea? cake and make it a video and i was like oh my god so we're getting married on sunday a week from today a week, a, a week from when we're recording when it. we're recording this yeah we're getting married on sunday and it's being streamed on the nerdy nightly so you can find david's channel twitch.tv slash nerdy nightly yeah. uh we will be streaming the wedding uh 5 p.m eastern that should start yeah uh on the 20th of september if you want to tune in if uh our bakes video where we bake our own wedding cake will be up the day before <laughs> saturday the 19th Christ. um and yep. the history of the nerdy nightly part three blog will go up on wednesday this week mm-hmm. so if you haven't checked out those blogs that i've been writing um is that the final part um or will there be a part four <laughs> well here's the thing like it's going to be the final part of the like pre weekly blog but like okay. if i'm gonna write a blog each week like the it, it's it's the final part of the history yeah but that's like what it's I meant. time for us to just get into it to the week to week you know yeah 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 totally um, and uh we'll probably also have the third part of our pokemon card battle finally up uh now that i've recovered from my surgery mm-hmm. i know we're all dying to see how that tie ends yes uh so you i can know i am <laughs> follow us everywhere uh instagram facebook twitter Mm-hmm. You can also support us over at uh, patreon.com slash nerdy nightly. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's an extra podcast on there. We do some cosplay content. You get early access to stuff. Um, there's a Patreon only Discord channel. So if, if you haven't checked that out, you're missing out. I don't know what to tell you. And if you made it all the way to the end of this very long episode, I love that the episode where I'm like, I shouldn't talk that much because I'm recovering from surgery was the mm-hmm. one where we are well over an hour. Oops. Um <laughs> whatever it's life so much happened um but yeah thanks for sticking around and uh as we always say around here my name's david webb i'm arielle edwards do something nerdy tonight <laughs> bye